This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You know the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy 11.21, it says that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. Hallelujah. Can someone celebrate in the house this morning? Thank you, choir. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Amen. Now, just before you take your seats, can we open our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 16? In this second service, pastor has been talking about what? True riches. Praise God. Amen. And we take, yeah, Luke 16, verses 10. The Bible says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Verse 11. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. I like the way the Amplified Version puts this. Puts a bracket, talks about deceitful riches, money, possession. So when it says unrighteous mammon there, he's talking about, okay, this version says earthly wealth. Amen. Earthly wealth. So he's talking about money. He says, he that is, has not been faithful, right, in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust, somebody say to your trust, the true riches. That version says, who will entrust the true riches to you? Three things. Number one, there is such a thing called true riches. Amen? Number two, true riches is different from money. It includes money, but is superior to money. So a person can have money and lack true riches, and the person will still be poor. <laughs> Number three, true riches is entrusted. Praise God. You may have your seats this morning. True riches is what? Entrusted. The same way when you have a child, you give birth to a male child, you would not immediately give the child the car keys to your Range Rover to begin to drive. You would wait for the child to grow up where you can trust the child with the keys to that car. Then you give the child the keys. Then the child can maybe move the car backwards and forwards and after a while begins to drive the car. True riches is entrusted. Amen. Now the big question I would like to be answering this morning very quickly is how can you position yourself to be entrusted with true riches? Revelations chapter 5. Revelations chapter 5. From verses 10. Revelations 5 from verses 10. Maybe you want to start from verse 9 so that we just have some context to what the Bible is talking about here. Right? Some, I want you to play that song. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Uh -huh, thank you. It says, and the song a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book 
and to open the seals thereof. He says, For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Of course, this verse was talking about Jesus. Then verse 10, telling us by reason of what Jesus did, verse 10 became a reality. He says, And hast made us unto our God kings and what? Priests. And we shall reign on the earth. Meaning the reason why he's made us kings and priests is so that we can reign on the earth. Now this is very similar to what you find in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 28. Where God created man and looked at man and the very first words that God spoke to man was that man go and have dominion. Now, what the Bible is saying is the same thing God said in Genesis 1. He's saying God has made us kings and priests by virtue of the sacrifice of Jesus. And because we are kings and priests, we have a responsibility to reign on the earth. In Genesis, we read about how Adam, by disobeying God, practically handed over the dominion that God had given him to the devil. So the devil began to rule and to do all of the things that only the devil can do. You know, a lot of people question why there are wars happening all over the world, negative things happening all over the world, and say, is God really in control? Excuse me, the Bible answers that question very explicitly. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible calls the devil the God of this world. Amen. So he's the originator of everything satanic and evil that you find in the world. As a matter of fact, I can show you from scriptures how the devil became very deliberate about going into various industries, various aspects and spheres of society. Let me show you very quickly. The book of Genesis chapter 4. I think from verses 16 thereabout. Now you must understand that after God created Adam, right? There was Adam and Eve. They gave birth to Abel and Cain. Cain killed Abel. And then they gave birth to a third son, Seth, right? And after Cain killed Abel, God was angry with Cain. And the Bible tells us in chapter 4 of Genesis that God cursed Cain, right? So if you read the Bible, you find two lineages, especially when you read Genesis 4, Genesis 5. It talks about, Genesis 4 talks about the lineage of Cain. Chapter 5 talks about the lineage of Abel, of Seth, rather. Now, Seth was of the lineage that was not cursed. Cain, the lineage of those that were cursed. Now, if you begin to read from verses 11, he says, And now art thou cursed from the earth, which had opened thy mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Go on. He says, When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee our strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shall thou be in the earth. Can you skip to verses maybe 14? 14 now. Verse 15. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayed Cain, all right, vengeance shall be taken on him. Because the punishment was too much. So Cain, <laughs> ah, what a merciful God. Even when he was angry with Cain, Cain protested, said, Ah, ah, only me. God said, Okay, you know what? Anybody who kills you, I'll punish the person. <laughs> Verse 16. 
Now you begin to read. It says, And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Verse 17. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And this Enoch is different from the Enoch you know. So he says, Enoch, and he built the city. You see, it was the cost people that built a city first. And called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Verse 18. He says, and unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mehujael, and Mehujael, all these begat, begat, begat Lamech, and Lamech married two wives, polygamy. That's where it started from. The name, relax, my brother. And Ada bear Jabal, and he was, okay, go for, <laughs> to verse 20. <laughs> and Ada bear Jabal, and he was the father of such that dwell in tents, real estate. And as such that have cattle, agriculture. Verse 21, and his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle, harp, and organ, entertainment. If you keep reading, you see that these guys were strategic. The devil knew what he was doing. He found an avenue to manifest on the face of the earth. And immediately, he didn't waste time. As they were giving birth, he was giving them ministries. <laughs> so going to different, he was trying to take over the various nations. The various spheres of society. But you see, the devil can never be faster than God. So God was looking at him and God said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, from the seed of Seth, I'm going to raise up a child. That child is Jesus, who is my son. He's going to die for the world. And when he resurrects, what is going to happen is that everyone who believes in him, by virtue of his sacrifice... And everything is done. Everyone who believes in him will become a king and a priest. The word king there is the word ruler. They will become rulers and priests. In essence, they will become individuals who have the potential to dominate the society once more. And they shall reign on earth, telling us the purpose. So it's the restoration of the dominion mandate. What has happened in time? is that a lot of God's children have understood the priestly ministry and neglected the kingly ministry. Then some have embraced the kingly ministry and neglected the priestly ministry. But you need both to reign on earth. Both the kingly and the priestly to reign on earth. Hallelujah. Now, go back to Revelation 5. So that is our identity. So the very first thing to do, understand, is that understand who you are. <laughs> you are here on a mission. By virtue of what Jesus has done. And we celebrated Easter last weekend. By virtue of what Jesus has done, you've been made a king and a priest. Your identity has changed in the realm of the spirit. The devil knows it. Do you know it? Verse 11. Now says, and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Verse 12. Now I want you to <laughs> look at this verse very carefully. He says, saying with a loud voice, what is the lamb that was slain to receive? The lamb was sacrificed. The lamb was slain to receive. The word there to receive means to take what has been given. To receive seven things. 
True riches. These things transcend money. But they produce money. He says to receive the first thing, power. Somebody say power. Now, the word power here is the word dunamis. Which means the power to rule over situations, circumstances, nations, and conditions. Power. This is part of the true riches. There is a dimension of problem a person can face that money will fail the person. If you think I'm lying, then go and ask certain, I don't want to mention names, certain people who's had all the billions and they are hit by one sickness and they know they are dying and there's nothing they can do about it. They run from pillar to post. You see, such people, what they need is power. This is the ability to change circumstances. To bend circumstances to align with the will of God. Power. This was what Moses understood when he went to face Pharaoh. <laughs> when he went to face Pharaoh, he looked at Pharaoh and said, See, the God I serve, he's powerful. Pharaoh thought he was blabbing until he began to show Pharaoh. At a point, Pharaoh said, you know what? Let all of them go. Let all the children of Israel go. Power. Power. I remember some years back, I was in, um, I think, secondary school. Yeah, maybe SS3. Yeah, SS3. SS2, SS3, there about. Now, we had this, so I was GS2 house captain. And so we had this guy who was in GS1 who they claimed to have been afflicted by the devil, was possessed, they said. So they brought this guy to us. You know, I was in the ESCO of FCS, the Christian Fellowship. So they brought him to us that, ah, guys, come and cast out this demon. <laughs> and I discovered that. We said, okay, fine, bring him. So we brought him in. You know, we had one room upstairs. I can still see the picture. And then we started to pray to cast out the devil. We're doing this all night. I'm telling you, I, tell, hey, hey. I remember one of my friends. I can't, let me not mention his name. <laughs> As they were casting out the demon, the guy went close, you know, to look at the demon. The demon gave him. <laughs> the guy received a tiny punch. After he received the punch, the guy just went to his room to sleep. <laughs> the punch knocked him out. We, all night, we were casting out. <sighs> so in the morning, we finally succeeded. He casted out the demon. So the boy became well in the morning. So I went back. I said, this, this is not looking like what God <laughs> had spoken about in his word. When Jesus met demons, he said, out. And they went. So how we do all night? Is this what we'll be doing every day? We're casting out demons all night. So I went back. And I went to access power. Stayed in the place of prayer and understanding. Somebody say understanding. And I said, okay. By the time I got it, I said, it's fine. I'm looking for the next demon. Any demon in town? Is there a demon here? <laughs> and lo and behold, two weeks after, they brought another boy. He said, this one, ah, it's demon possessor. This time, they were talking to a different man, a man who had access this dimension of true riches. I said, bring him, put him in the center of my room. I said, in the name of Jesus, out. And I laid on my bed. The guys I spin it, spin as I continue. When you are done with these gymnastics, you <laughs> because the Bible says in the name of Jesus, every knee would bow. It is not, we're not negotiating it. 
He's done. After he spin, spin, spin. He's like, I said, continue. After, have you slept? The guy woke up totally free. Now, this dimension of power is part of what the Bible calls true riches. God expects Christians to walk in this. I mean, enough of Christians getting afraid. We are going to the office. They put something on the chair. So yes, you two, you are running away. Ah, you sit on it. You stand up. <laughs> the person who put it is looking at you. Ah, I remember the story of the late Archbishop Benson Idaosa. He said there was a time he came. Somebody came, held, they gave him this charm from the, you know, the abalist. Long stick. I said once he points it at the Archbishop, that the Archbishop would dry up. So this guy came to crusade, crusade ground. The guy was not even afraid. Came to the crusade ground. And while Archbishop was preaching, Archbishop did not even know. The guy pointed the stick. The stick broke into two. And the guy started conversing. <laughs> and all of them ran away. Somebody say power. This dimension is available to us in God. This is true riches. You walk into a territory. They say, ah, that in this place, witches always disturb people. Say, they don't know who I am, king and priest. Walk. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over this entire vicinity. All the, they know. You see, the intelligent witches, the, the ones that are senior in hierarchy, they understand authority. So when you speak and they know you know what you are saying, they disappear. It is the ones that are always around. They are the stubborn ones. They are the weaker ones. I'm telling you, they are the stubborn. Those ones, they don't understand. They still think that, let's see manifest, let's see. And the, weak, the bigger ones, they've gone. The truth of the matter is that power is available to us in God. Part of the true riches. Then he goes on to say, riches. Now, this is superior to just, I have money, I have 5 million, I have 50 million. Have you read in your Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 28? Where God said part of the covenant is that we will lend to nations. Ah, ah, an individual lending to a nation. So when you come and you say, I have money, the question I'm asking, have you lent to a nation before? That means Somalia is in trouble. If you are from Somalia, sorry. Somalia is in trouble. And they say, you say, how much do you need to get out of your problem? They say, we're in recession. Say, how much do you need? They mention the amount and you write the check and you give them. It says, you shall lend to nations. That's what Deuteronomy 28 tells us. It is part of true riches. You see, when you begin to understand true riches, you begin to think big. You will stop thinking small. Because you understand that the things that God wants to do through you on the face of the earth are bigger than you. Riches. He goes on to talk about wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. No, pastor was talking about wisdom some services ago. Wisdom. This is wisdom beyond years of experience. You know, in the book of Job chapter 32, I think from verses 9, the Bible tells us a very interesting story. So Job was in this very interesting situation and his friends came and they sat with him. The Bible tells us they sat with him for some days. Nobody could speak because they were amazed at how he had become. Because Job, the Bible tells us, Job 29.4 was the greatest man in all the East. Job 1.4 rather. Right? Now, 
in the book of 30, Job 32, the Bible says that after all of the other guys spoke, a guy by the name Elu, one of Job's friends, he was the youngest amongst them. He looked at them and said, ah, I've listened to what all of you said. He said, I thought days should speak. <laughs> Meaning, I thought experience should be the solution to this answer. He says, a multitude of years teach wisdom. He says, but there is a spirit in man. The inspiration of the Almighty that gives him understanding. Saints, have you accessed this wisdom? It is greater than anything you can learn in school. You see, when you see people suffering with cancer, people suffering with AIDS, it's because believers have not accessed this wisdom. Every answer is found in this wisdom. There is a wisdom in man. He says, the inspiration of the Almighty giveth him understanding. This wisdom is the kind of wisdom, a portion of it, that Solomon displayed on the face of the earth. The Bible says concerning Solomon, he made 3,000 proverbs, 1,005 songs he sang. How many songs have you sang that you are shouting? One man, 1,005 songs came out of one man. And I'm sure that's the one they documented. I'm sure it was more. He was so wise that the Bible tells us that people from all nations came to other kings. They just came to hear his wisdom. They were not interested. They just came to sit and just hear him talk. Hear his, and they're like, wow. That is the wisdom that we're talking about here. It's part of the true riches. You know, the Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, it says the king of the south, I think verse, verse I think 40-something, right? He says, the king of the south, talking about Queen of Sheba, says she shall stand in judgment against this generation. That, ah, ah, you mean a greater than Solomon was with you. And you did not come and sit down. You were running about and looking for what was not lost. I knew Solomon was here. And I came all the way from where I was living to hear Solomon speak. There is a wisdom that is beyond the wisdom of this world. This is what I call tapping into the wisdom and the power of the ages to come. Heaven on earth. What are you doing and what are you involved in? Do you do it with only your own mental strength and the things they've taught you in school? Saints, involve, bring your Christianity into everything that you do. Go home, sit down, look at your business. Say, Lord, what is the wisdom for this business to grow? What is the wisdom to get customers? I appreciate all of the analysis and the things that have been said in books and all of those things. They are very good. You can do them as much as you can. But you see, there is something called supernatural wisdom. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 says that through the church, God is going to display what he called the manifold wisdom of God. Another verse says the many-sided wisdom of God. So wisdom in medicine, wisdom in banking, wisdom in insurance. The way they are doing things now is not the best. There is a greater and a better way to do it. How can you access it? The wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. <laughs> You see, this wisdom is greater than anything they can ever teach you in school. And you see, it is good to go to school. 
Do all you can to learn as much as you can. I mean, that coming from me, believe it. Right? But you know, the truth is this. There is a wisdom greater than anything that anybody can teach you in school. It's part of the true riches. What's the next? He says strength. Do you know what strength is? <laughs> this is what guarantees divine health. Strength. You know, you must get to a point in your life where the words that come out of your mind, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. As you're confessing, your body is tired, tired, tired. <laughs> this strength that he's talking about here is the strength that guarantees vitality in the body. You know, the Bible talks about Moses. It says Moses was 120 years old. He says his eyes were not dim, neither was his natural force abated. Meaning Moses at 120, when he died, the guy could run. The guy could jump. Little wonder why Abraham, the Bible tells us about Abraham, says that Abraham at 90, he was leading people to go and fight war. At 90. Don't let the things that are being said in society today to define and determine the heritage you choose for yourself in life. You can be seen sharp. I heard of about a dear man of God, and some of you might know him, by the name Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland said, he's about 80-something now, he said some years back, he told himself that, well, I just want to prove this life that I have in me. He said, so you know what? He says, till I'm about 80, I will not grow a single white hair. His hair was black till he was 80. I, I mean, if the last time I saw his picture, you would, you would know that this man is old, but he's looking good. He still flies himself from America to Nigeria. He comes to Nigeria maybe once every year to minister in a particular church. Flies himself from America to Nigeria. How many hours of flight? Strength is part of the true riches. Strength. Strength to stand against temptation. You see, when the devil throws his darts of temptation, you know, I've seen people say, I don't know. I mean, I can't help it. Ah, there is strength, oh, strength. Riches is part of the true riches. A divine strength to stand against temptation, to stand against every wiles of the devil talks about honor that's influence in whatever sector that you are playing in influence is part of the true riches that god wants you to partake out of glory and the blessing these are the seven things and there are lots more in the bible but these seven things the bible says the lamb was slain that we might receive them true riches Saints, I've only come this morning to tell you this. There is much more in God. Stop limiting yourself. There is much more in God. They say the greatest room in the world, and I agree with it, the greatest and the largest room in the world is the room for improvement. People who are walking in these things are not superstars. They are people like you who have understood two things. Number one, their identity in Christ, that they are kings and priests. And number two, they've understood the power of sacrifice. You know, there is a law 
that says it's the law of sustenance. Whatever gives birth to a thing will sustain that thing. Right? So when God wanted to create fishes, the Bible says he spoke to the water and the water gave, brought forth fish. When God wanted to create vegetation, he spoke to the land and the lands brought forth vegetation. That is why you take out water from fish, the fish dies. You take out vegetation from the earth, the vegetation dies. It's the law of sustenance. If it was true sacrifice that the lamb received these things, it would take sacrifice for us to access and to walk in them. So understand your identity, number one. And number two, understand the power of sacrifice. And what do I mean by sacrifice? I don't have the time to explain it to you. But just putting it very simply, it is understanding that you need to pay certain price. And for example, the price of fellowshipping with God, the price of staying in the place of prayer, the price of studying the word and not seeing the word as an option. Do not be a Sunday, Sunday Christian. You are not the supreme. It's only on Sunday you come to hear the word of God. No, every day, as you study God's word, see yourself as a king and a priest. See yourself accessing dimensions that are beyond this realm. And you know what will begin to happen? God will begin to do an introduction. He will begin to bring you into dimensions of power, dimensions of riches, dimensions of wisdom, dimensions of strength that are beyond the ordinary. Hallelujah. You begin to live your days as heaven upon earth. You see, we are not Christians who are waiting to die, then we go to heaven. You know, praise God for that. No, we are people who are on earth. The goal is to live heaven on earth. And when you cross over, you just continue. Do you understand what I'm saying? You just continue into the dimension. You live heaven on earth. Living in dimensions that are beyond the natural. You need to stay in the world. Stay in the place of prayer. Understand you are a king and a priest. And make up your mind that you are going to function as one. And you won't function less. Can we rise up on our feet this morning? Wherever you're standing, I want you to begin to pray. And the prayer is very simple. Lord Jesus, grant me grace to function as a king and a priest that I am. Grant me grace. Open my eyes to dimensions that are beyond the norm. Grant me grace, oh Lord. Grant me grace. In the name of Jesus, grant me grace to function in my career, function in every aspect of my life, in dimensions that are in alignment with your will and in alignment with the plan of God concerning me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' great name we have prayed. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. 
it is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.